Time Bandits is the podcast where every two weeks we go back in time 25 years to the year 1990 to celebrate the 25th anniversary of a film and an album from that year. It's the silver anniversary. My name is Greg LeGrow and I'm looking at Dan Gorman. What's the score, babe? 5.8. Oh, yeah. Decimal. Out of 10. It is Mm -hmm. (laughs) 5.8. Is it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's generous, (laughs) I believe. Uh, Casey Lyons, I'm looking at you. What's the score, babe? Goot. 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 Now I'll turn my attention to our special guest, Leah Miller, from What's She Having Podcast. What's the score, babe? Uh, that question, too, and now me, none. Mm, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. I do not have a response I for know, that. it comes too fast. Yeah. <laughs> we probably should think of something else to say to people, but uh, we're stuck. Cat, we're Cash st- said it, so... We're stuck in this conceit now. We have <laughs> yeah. to go with it. Ask everybody. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for having me. I'm wearing my I Am Goot shirt today. No, you, oh, very good. <laughs> How is that not a shirt yet? It really should be. That actually needs to be a shirt for the yeah. Oh my god, if we ever make episode so that nobody steals it. If, if we ever make swag for uh, uh I am cute. Yeah. yeah, I am cute. Yeah, seriously. Is fucking that, genius. That is a present. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yep. I think it, uh, anytime you guessed on a modern superior show as uh, the precedent was set on uh uh, drink along. I think we should refer to your show as uh, "What's He Shaving?" Yeah, <laughs> you move yep. the letters around. <laughs> Only laugh my balls off about it. <laughs> that, that is fantastic. And Dave, why isn't that a show? Yeah, thank you, Dave he, follows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> somebody needs to. Uh, hey, side project, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> what's Dave follows shaving? <laughs> he, he's always shaving something. <laughs> what is it? I don't know. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Um, Well, let's get into a time machine and go back to a time when I wasn't shaving. We should. Anything. 1990. (laughs) See, now I was shaving everything in 1990. I had a problem. Cats, dogs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) My my parents. (laughs) Um, I didn't think of a time machine. That's what I didn't do to prep. Oh. Well, well, we could bust out that old gross jacket from uh, <laughs> Adrian Brody's disgusting the Adrian jacket. Brody movie. Is it called the jacket? It's called the jacket. Okay. All right, put it on. All right. It smells terrible. Put it on. And we also have to get into a little like a get little a, shit, a little box, like a little box too. Uh, yeah, yeah. A little box in, in the morgue. All right, put on right. the jacket and get in the box. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Out of the box. You take off the jacket immediately. Tight Gross. fit. Uh-huh. Adrian Brody jacket. Yeah. Uh, the Brody Brody jacket. Yeah. <laughs> it's, sorry. Uh, let's see. What do we got here? It's September 21st, 1990. Uh, what a nice time. Fall. Back to school. It's better than horrible February in 2015. Uh, Speaking of school. Being that that is the date, we could have seen all kinds of things in theaters. We could have seen State of Grace. With Sean Penn and Ed Harris and Gary Oldman and Robin Wright and John Turturro and John C. Riley, <laughs> not a bad cast. <laughs> Could have done that. Didn't do that. Could've I know seen... uh, there's one one name noticeably missing. Mm-hmm. The goat. Goot. We could have seen Goodfellas. Goodfellas. I was just gonna say. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Working title. Goodfellas. Ever since I saw Police Academy, I've always wanted to be a Goodfella. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, those movies are all well and good, but we didn't see either of those. We saw Don't Tell Her It's Me. A.K.A. The Boyfriend, the boyfriend school. school. Speaking of school. That's a very catchy title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you call your movie The Boyfriend School, I feel like you should have some boyfriend schooling before 45 minutes of the movie is over. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway... Uh, we also listened to an album by Jawbreaker, but we'll get to that later. Oh, yeah. Let's dive into Don't Tell Her It's the Boyfriend School. <laughs> Starring Steve, Steve Gutenberg, Shelley Long, Jamie Gertz. Shelley Long. I Kyle was McLaughlin. Not expe- I didn't know. I feel like I didn't know Shelley Long was in this. Until I did not know she was in this. Neither did I. No. And she's like she's in this arguably more than, than Jamie Gertz is in it. <laughs> yeah. There's a, a lot of Shelley boy. Long. A romantic comedy about true love. Under false pretenses. Right. <laughs> One of those. Oh, no. <laughs> what will happen? Um, um, did you guys read the IMDb description that no. somebody, yeah. sim- that somebody submitted? No. Uh, wait, the, the review or the, the, synopsis? the synopsis? Read the synopsis. It's fucking gold. Gus is a fat cartoonist that recently <laughs> won a battle against cancer, which explains his baldness. <laughs> but he is also lonely. Period. <laughs> Therefore, his caring sister adding more character traits tries to set him up with a suitable woman. But to do so, she must turn him into an irresistible man. When he falls in love with Emily, Gus takes the identity of a mysterious biker from New Zealand. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that's it. Everyone wants. Yeah, yeah. Which is that's um okay. Yeah, Uh, that's it. How do we? (laughs) That's maybe the most straightforward. No. I know I'd never seen no. it. No, it landed on our long list of movies, and I saw it, and then was like, "Oh, Gutenberg romantic comedy. This yeah. this will be a good fit for the episode." Yeah. Who put it on the list? Because I didn't put it on the list. I, I did. did. Okay. Oh, oh it was. Uh, it, yeah, it was. <laughs> it was definitely on my list. Yeah. I just thought the trailer was funny forever. Okay. Yeah. Because it's so silly. Yeah. You know him with him like he's like, "What do all women want?" Steve Gutenberg with a giant mullet. <laughs> <laughs> he looks. Oh, like and a poor Doug accent. The bounty hunter. Yeah. <laughs> He's like a combination. (laughs) In this movie, he's like a combination of Mel Gibson and Mm. like three different wrestlers. He's like, he's Brett the Hitman and Razor Ramon and like one other dude. Yeah, a little bit of like uh, what uh, uh, Undertaker looked like uh, before he became a big wrestler and he was like popped up in that Hulk Hogan movie. Yeah. Kind of has that look going on, which I think all women loved. And oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah, yeah. And not to get too far, but during the transformation, they spend so much time on like, what hair are we going to pick for Gutenberg? And then when yeah. they reveal, it's like the worst mullet. Like, yeah. <laughs> and they show a bunch of hairstyles that are some yes ridiculous, but some just hairstyles. And he's like, ugh, no, no. And then you, there's this fades to black, and he's like, yes, yes. <laughs> Couldn't be happier. He was right, though, yeah. to be fair. <laughs> yeah. That was the one. Yeah. Okay, how do we I'll even get in into the boyfriend school? Uh, A.K.A. Tell, don't tell her. I, I think you have yeah. to apply. Yeah, yeah. you got to have at least a GED. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need your grade 12. I... <laughs> I had no idea what to expect, and I and I messaged the thread when I had watched the first like half yeah. an hour to say that this movie was stunningly unfunny. It's yeah. was at, and and I said before we started recording to Casey and Aaliyah, like I got scared halfway through this movie because I was like, what if I'm the only one having this like horrible negative reaction to this movie? No, because yeah, I <laughs> found it mostly to be torturous. I think it's the, I think it's the worst movie I've had to watch for this show yet. Really? I've seen worse. There's some funny th- I laughed films? at some stuff. I didn't I laugh at like, anything. But uh, well, uh yeah, I uh yeah, I I've seen worse 
acting. I've seen worse directing, but I've never enjoyed myself less watching something <laughs> for this show. Yeah, it wasn't the most fun I've ever had, but I don't think it's the worst movie that I that I've seen for uh, time. Maybe I'm bandits. blocking something out. It from seems a, it's our experience. It, it, it's. <laughs> Extremely inappropriate from the very beginning <laughs> that they make him like, you know, he's beat cancer and everything, yeah. but they've made him this weird Dick Tracy looking <laughs> like with the prosthetics all over his face. Weird. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's and like when did they like I feel like it's a half an hour in before they explain that he had Hodgkin's disease. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because yeah. I was like. What is going on? <laughs> and and Shelley Long is inappropriately self righteous about it too. Yeah. Like, because because she's like, oh, what is it you don't like about my brother? Is it his uh, personality or his hair? And she's like, well, he doesn't really have a lot of hair, does he? But that's because he had cancer, you dick. Yeah. Oh. To be fair. If you guys were paying attention to the animation yeah, at the very start it, of the movie, it explained loosely. that he was sick. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's yeah, see, yeah. I sorry, I did getting the I video did. to load, and I, I oh, so you missed all the Ziggy fair, cartoons I, at no, the beginning. I saw them, but they were without amazing. context. And I was trying to open two windows: the Dropbox one and yeah. the uh, the spammy site. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Let's not say anything about the Dropbox account. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was sent to me by Gutenberg. Yeah, I'm sure he owns the rights to the Gutenberg account. <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, they well, were playing the, at the same time, so I was very confused the for the first five minutes. There's like because Gus is a cartoonist, so the uh-huh. credits are like little cartoons, but it's like. He has a huge hand, so he goes to the doctor, and then the doctor takes an X-ray of him, and then that's yeah. about all that's really. I remember explained. the giant yeah. hand. Yeah. Kind of like yeah. what? Is that what happens when yeah. you get Hodgkins? You get a huge hand. Mm-hmm. Oh, science. <laughs> I guess. Okay. Yeah, I was a uh, I was a little scared when you sent the message saying it was really unfunny, and I watched the trailer and I was like, oh god. Plus, you guys gave me Teen Witch last time, so yeah. I'm like, these yeah. guys are just fucking with me. <laughs> but I honestly like loved this movie <laughs> unabashedly. I've been waiting for <laughs> unabashedly. Like, I love this movie. I will watch it. Not at least a handful of times, <laughs> completely unironically. Not I in any, no irony whatsoever. No, you just no were completely charmed by this movie. I was filled with joy and <laughs> laughed. And I was watching it in my room. I was laughing oh, so no. much that my roommate came in and asked me what I was watching. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. You were laughing? I was cracking up. <laughs> I, it was were, so funny. I will say there was a couple moments of like very sort of specific like physical comedy like sort of reaction shots and stuff that mm-hmm. there was like maybe two or three things that I cracked up at like very specifically but they were very small I felt like on the whole so much of this movie didn't work for me I was like yeah there's no chemistry no no the actors I feel like are working off of each other at all the husband Shelley Long's husband is awesome he yeah. was like super funny yeah mm-hmm. like like Kyle McLaughlin yeah there's some his stuff with sunglasses him. are hilarious. Yeah, there's some like kind of heightened comedic reality moments in the movie that I thought were funny. Well, yeah, I kind of felt like that was it was a movie then because Shelley Long's delivery of stuff, like particularly when she's chastising her child with that stuff was funny. I didn't find it funny. I, I found like the delivery stuff. really flat and like ill timed. Yeah, and like also that. please stop calling your child Piglet. <laughs> I, <laughs> that's not cool. You're worried about like she's like you know I'm trying to teach her consequences of things. Well, the consequences of you calling 
calling your child Piglet yeah. are going to be some weird body dysmorphia shit liked, later on. I liked that the kid, so Shelly Long's kid is like getting into things that it shouldn't, like a kid like and eating things it shouldn't. Yeah, bugs and, and, and I liked that they set it up that it was going to be this like running gag where every time it's going to be something more and more ridiculous yeah. and her reactions are going to stay like... You know, if you do that, da 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 da, da and then here's this like consequence that's very like reality sort of based. Yeah, right. And I like, I like. But they like, weren't even kid, consistent with it. She's but, like, "Don't play with radiator coils because such and such and such." And then she has a giant insect in her mouth. Bug. She's like, "Don't eat bugs." <laughs> yeah. Period. I don't know. That stuff. That stuff reminded me of the things I like about Better Off Dead. Like that kind well, of I, weird the, heightened the, the reality. Stuff, yeah. I thought, oh, these guys have seen Better Off Dead. Yeah, I thought yeah. they. I thought that, like, because this is based on a book. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh. And and I I feel like they could have taken that because obviously Shelley Long's character has no idea what the consequences of anything are. Yeah. Because she tries yeah. to get some crazy madcap wacky comedy shit uh, on her post cancerous brother, but she's constantly so like I feel like there could have been like a, a, a much cooler parallel between her telling her kid the consequences of things and her actually learning what the consequences of things are because she really doesn't at the end at the end she is just spying on everybody with giant binoculars anyway yeah he's amazing <laughs> I, I, I I so love that you love this that movie yeah, it's gonna so... change this conversation I was worried we were just gonna shit on this movie for about 40 minutes no it minutes, charmed but... the pants off me yeah? and I was okay. like everything that kid was so funny that, oh that kid was like an crazy adorable, adorable. girl with a wrench like ready to take apart a <laughs> Radiator? That's that hilarious. Was funny. Like that stuff worked for me, but yeah. I felt like I needed that to be the the comedy of the movie. I felt like every time they were just like, like it's weird that the conceit of this movie to have him become this like New Zealand biker is such mm-hmm. a kind of wild, outrageous. Like you think the whole movie's gonna be goofy, heightened comedy, but like only when it becomes goofy and heightened does it work for me. And then when it's them yeah. kind of like, like I don't even know why Steve Gutenberg is interested in this woman. And he, he just kind of like picks her. It's like yeah. she says, oh, you should go out with her. And he's worried that she won't like him. And then all of a sudden he like mu- they must be together. Like I didn't yeah, feel any chemistry. The, no, yeah. like when they, they first meet, he's just awkwardly p- pushing a wig around his head. <laughs> and she's she could not be less in, in, involved in, in what he's doing. Um and then all of a sudden, she, like, Shelley Long is like, you're smitten with, with her, aren't you? And he's like, I guess so. She's the only woman you brought to dinner, so sure. Because he, he saw her through the window, and it was love at first sight, and then he was so nervous because he was sweating, and then he pushed his wig back. It was uh. hilarious. <laughs> it's great. Very first thing. Yeah. No, I agree that there's, like, there's no... I agree that it's a completely ridiculous premise. It's a stupid movie, but it doesn't yeah. <laughs> it doesn't change the fact about how much I loved it. And so. I can get I can get behind a stupid premise. Yeah. I'm a fan of the stupid premise well, because I've watched like so many sitcoms growing up. I had up, the same response to like Ski Patrol when we did that because that movie is so stupid. But Ski I was Patrol's like, great I'm on board for everything in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I could I could see that. I just felt like there was such like like so much of this movie is me just being like why are any of these characters in the same movie i didn't feel like there's any connection through anybody's character and for a movie that that i don't want to call it high concept but it has a concept nothing happens in this movie no it's so boring like Because they really went like big on the stop a robbery at the gas station is the first time you see him as Lobo. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and then that weird inner monologue that doesn't come Lobo. back. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, oh, all of a sudden well. he's got an octagon thing going on where he's talking in his brain, and then he never, never does it again. Uh, should have been whispers. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also, that was—I don't know—I didn't like the way they did that because he didn't give himself time to answer. He kept going, "You've got to save her." No, I can't save her. Yeah, you got to save her. Come on, save her. No, you got to get out of this gas station. No, you stay in the gas station. No, you got to get on your bike. Don't get on your bike. <laughs> like, like, come on, Goot, give yourself room to breathe. To be like a makeover movie, right? Like. It's like a Cyrano story, really. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 It's just like, I didn't, I felt like by the time it became, they're going to, like, it takes about 45 minutes before we get to, he's going to become Lobo the Hunter, I hunt alone or whatever. Yeah. And then, I don't know, like, the plot just becomes sort of like, don't let her know it's me. Oh, I kind of want (laughs) to let her know that it's me because I like her. And then, like, they just decide to be together. Like, there's no, like, I, I like that this movie is trying to be sweet. In its like romance and and like because the comedy is really crazy, but it, nothing in it feels like it's trying to be like mean spirited. Yeah. But some of it is just like okay, he has to become like a biker, and then the lesson that's going to be learned is that she likes him for who he is, even though he thinks he's like a monster. Like I'm not a worthy person to be in love after this tr- like treatment. But right. like, I don't feel like any of the characters learned anything. I felt like it was so no. shallow and like nobody, well, nobody like, learned oh, anything. Like I gotta I, be a real I, man, I and then nobody makes the, the like le- discovery that like I don't have to be somebody I'm not. It's just like all of a sudden at the end they're like, I like you for who you are. I guess. Yeah, and, and now and he, it's not like it's like he doesn't learn that because like his sister's like, oh, we have to dress you up like a crazy biker, and you have to be foreign. Yeah, women don't <laughs> like guys who aren't foreign, so be foreign. And 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 then he's like, okay, I guess I'll do it or whatever because I'm in a weird, fragile place. And then yeah. and then immediately he's like, well, I don't want to do this. This is fucking stupid. But he and just does, does he, it, and then he, he does it for it? a while until he doesn't anymore. And he gets all in shape and shit like that, and is confident, and he's got like cars full of teenagers going like, woo. Okay, wait. So <laughs> in that in that scene where it's like Steve Gutenberg has to like work out yeah. so that women will like him now. Yeah. Um the first time that he's like running down the road is the first time that we've seen him kind of post like begin yeah. his transformation from yeah. person who's struggling with coming out of a, a treatment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he looks like no, he looks fine. Yeah, he's like totally fine. skinny now. He, yeah, yeah like, like, right away. Yeah, and then his hair's grown back. And these women drive by, like, put it back. Yeah, you're gross. Disgusting. Like, he's yeah. totally changed. He's like yeah. skin is skinny as a rail now. Yeah. Like, they're trying to make it out like women still don't like him. But I was like, he's like ripped all of a sudden, and they're like, yeah. ew, gross. <laughs> and then the next yeah. scene, he's like, it's not your body. It's because you're Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it was. I think it was because it, he didn't have a tan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Disgusting. Right. Because like, all right. <laughs> the one thing, the one thing that women like more than muscles is brown muscles, <laughs> which is one of the weirder lines it's in this movie. Catch twenty two. How are you supposed to get? They like tans. How are you supposed to get tan? If you can't take your shirt off because you don't have a tan. Yeah. Oh, come on, ladies. <laughs> yeah. Come on, you, you car full of oppressive teens. This is worse than cancer. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, the thing about his character coming out, like. Like, I'm saying, like, I like that the movie is trying to be a guy, like, struggling with coming out of having, like, so, like a treatment and the things that are affecting his life and he's a hermit and he feels, like, not worth, you know, being in love, that no one's going to love him. I like that it's, like, let's be a sweet movie about the kind of, like, you don't see a lot of movies that actually focus on that. Right, and, and like, that, that, that could have been a really nice, poignant yeah. movie, but then they went madcap 
comedy with it, and the jellyfish is pulsating, and mm-hmm. and uh, and like that now everything's funny. fucking yeah. crazy. That was terrible. <laughs> so, uh, I do need some help from you guys because uh, I had to rush to get here, and I didn't see the oh, end of the movie. The Explosions. What, was the, and what the, was the last part? The last part I saw, I had exactly twenty minutes to go, uh, is when. Uh, Jamie Gertz is breaking off the engagement with Trout, played by Kyle MacLachlan. Yeah. And uh, Madchen Amick is in the backseat of his car hiding, and Steve Gutenberg is in the bushes hiding while they watch these two people break up. That that was a very convenient thing to have happen, too, is is that... Uh uh, like oh, and as soon as I saw Machinomic uh, in the in the office with them, that's how I've always yeah, since, since Twin Peaks. That's how <laughs> yeah, I've always yeah, said let's it. Go with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as I saw her in in, in the office, I'm like, okay, well, he's obviously going to end up with her because she's young and hot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and and then like as if just to get him out of the way to get their their sort of like romance thing wrapped up, he just shows up and goes, hey, I don't want this anymore. Peace out. <laughs> and then that yeah. and then that's it yeah. for for Kyle MacLachlan. He's done. That's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they would work together. Wait, not years later, like a year later. Yeah. yeah. So he's going there at that moment that I uh, stopped watching to tell her it's him. <laughs> to, you to, know, to, to go against the title of the film. Yeah. At Wait, you mean you mean? Oh, oh, you goot, mean the goot? goot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lobo. Uh, right. The yeah. The, the, he's the, going there to yeah. tell yeah. her it's him. Yeah. Reveal to her before she gets on a plane or whatever. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, she's getting a, on a plane. Wait, like no, a, she's not getting on a plane. <laughs> Who? Why are they at an airport at the end then? He because is. he gets. He's okay. getting on a plane yeah. because she's finds out that he's. <laughs> Okay, let me, not let, me from take, New let me take over, yeah, you let me take over here. Somebody help me out. Okay, so he goes and he knocks on the door and he's yeah. speaking as Gus, not as Lobo. Right. But she's so like, blah, that she's not listening to him. And that was her fault. She was not listening to words that he was saying. Oh, yeah. And then they get it on. And then the next day, <laughs> he's like, it's, yeah, same same voice as last night. But then she realizes it. She's yeah. like, I fucking hate you. Get out. And like throws the shit and he leaves. And then what else happens? A bunch <laughs> of things. Oh. Then... Then Wait, both, I don't think a bunch both, of things. I just then think. they both separately go to Lizzie's place and yell at her, and she's putting fish on the wall again, which is a great gag. Uh, I was kind of like, why? Yeah, why? <laughs> explain I to me why that's a great up. gag. <laughs> it's so funny. That just it it just seems like that's like the British humor influence. Yeah. Oh, you mean me. just just sort of like, like for, for zero I, reason she's doing? just putting fish like, on a wall? What should I be doing in this scene? I don't know. We'll get some fish for you to put on the wall. All right, that's then. Amazing. All right, then you've won me over with that. <laughs> fish on the yeah. wall. That's that's a we, bright. We'll spot. circle back on the British thing after the we recap. Because yeah. I want to talk about that. Yeah. yeah. And then, so they both go and yell at her, and she's like, I'm a puppet master, whatever. But tells, um, what's her name? L- Emily. Mm-hmm. Tells Emily that he's like, oh, he's leaving. Like, he's done with this. He's going, he's off to the airport at five o'clock, and yeah. this is his address. I'm being sneaky. And mm-hmm. she goes there. He's not, she goes to his house. He's not there. She takes his motorcycle that she left the keys he's yeah. the there which is fine so she's on the motorcycle she gets covered in mud sees him at the airport and pretends like she wasn't chasing him there which is weird because obviously she was Why would you <laughs> yeah does she just she's like oh you're at this uh, airport too that's i'm on your motorcycle yeah just it's up front yeah and then they have uh, a heartwarming conversation yeah and then yeah and fly off together oh yeah to go and to a Shelley wedding is in a car in a scene that seems really shot after the fact yeah because it's just like they're flying away and then she's it keeps cutting to her in like a car and you don't know where with like the biggest binoculars ever yeah. like watching <laughs> them like take off what? and then she's like we did it i want an entire movie with 
her and her daughter in a car as, with like characters like, just I hanging actually out. would be okay with that. I, okay. I would love to see that. I would in terms of right in that. terms of chemistry in this movie, That's nobody had any except for Shelley Long and the kid. Yeah, <laughs> Shelley Long really is giving this like movie all of her effort, which is like and well, I, yeah, because she's like, oh shit, this is what I left Cheers for. <laughs> yeah, and I like I, Troop Beverly Hills didn't take off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and I think Shelley Long is awesome. And wanted this movie to work because she was giving it her all. Like I yeah. kept being like, "Come on, movie!" Like Shelley Long can be hilarious. Well, remember, and I, she did Hello yeah, she Again can. three years before this. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> oh shit! I'd completely forgotten about Hello Again. Oh, well, yeah. if you ever listened to my podcast, then you would remember. <laughs> 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 because we did that not that long ago. Just saying. <laughs> all right. Well, then instead of watching the movie, I'll just listen to that yeah. episode. <laughs> uh-uh. But so the the British thing. Yeah. Like, this movie is directed by a guy who's done a lot of, like, British kind of farce movies. Malcolm Mowbray. Yeah, and he did one about, like, these people that are, like, smuggling a pig or something because there's something about, like, you're not... Oh, Michael Palin. Yeah. What's it called? A private function. Yeah, because, like, it takes place where there's, like, a shortage and they have a pig and everyone's trying to, like, kill it to get it, like... To make it I'm looking bacon. at IMDb. I didn't just yeah. know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, but you said it like you did. <laughs> I was went, looking at the picture. Oh, you mean Pride and I function. saw Michael Palin, and I was like, oh, it was Michael yeah, Palin. Because the cover has the pig. <laughs> the pig's name was Porky. But yeah, like, this movie really feels like a guy who is used to doing a very specific type of British comedy, right. trying to bring it into an Americanized, like, romantic comedy. And I love the idea of doing that. Yeah. But I don't think that it fully commits to either being a like a romantic movie or a super hilarious like kind of lightly farcical movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I feel like it falls somewhere in the middle where some scenes they're putting trots up and then other scenes are just boring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so boring. So uh, boring. <laughs> I really like the blend of like I don't know who mentioned Savage Steve Holland, yeah. but like a blend of that style and mm-hmm. then the more kind of like buttoned down British humor. And I actually really liked the two together. Yeah. And it's like, I was like, it felt a little fish called Wanda to me. Yeah. But like, I, but I was like, I had like pink glasses on like the entire time that I was watching this <laughs> sure. movie. Right. So it's just like, I, I didn't dislike a single second. But what so. is it that gave you that, 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 that gave you that immediate, like, is it, is it the sort of like late nineties romantic comedy thing? Because like there's a, there's, there's something about this movie. I kind of had to fight the urge to like this movie I think, <laughs> because it really feels like a movie I would have watched with my parents and, yeah, yeah. and you know, like yeah. that really kind of light, sweet, um, like mid to late eighties romantic yeah. comedy where everything is totally telegraphed and you know, everything that's going to happen, but it's really sweet and it ends up all nice and shit. Yeah. Like, is that, what gave you I, I totally have a false nostalgia for this movie because I didn't watch it until yesterday but right. it was still just like I think also because okay doing the um doing what she's having and we watch I watch so much shit and a lot of new stuff that it's completely like mm. every second is beating you over the head with like so much has to happen all the time and it's like you know what not that much happens in this movie and I like the pace of it right they're not yeah. just slapping you in the face every two seconds with something so yeah, maybe that's just it in the face every two seconds yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah i uh, i guess my i think the thing that drained the most out of this for me was gutenberg oh really i just didn't uh 
I didn't re- I didn't like him in this movie. I didn't think he was funny. And I, you know, I grew up on the Goot. Love yeah. the Goot. Uh, <laughs> I don't <laughs> you think know, crazy. Police Academy. I've seen both of the Cocoon movies more than once. <laughs> Even the Return. <laughs> Uh, and all you know, the three men and a baby, and the sequel, and you know, I, I really had always kind of pulled for Gutenberg a little bit. You know, I actually think, and, you're but this right, is the beginning like, of the end because the '90s were not a thing for Gutenberg. It was like he was a if, full product of the '80s. If you had a more talent, like a more not talented, but like a more comedic presence in his role, that was really giving the comedy performance maybe maybe yeah. I can see it being yeah because yeah, it wasn't really a comedic performance <laughs> yeah at, at all like they, they really didn't give him that much funny to do they could have at least made his it's accent a, a lot more broad it's a but I was role, stuck I somewhere between thinking his accent was terrible and kind of going sometimes, sometimes it's okay nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a it's a hard role because he really needs to do both ends of the spectrum like at the beginning of the movie you need to believe that he is like depressed yeah you know yeah. like his body isn't functioning the way that he's used to because of the like everything that he's gone through like i feel he like has he did no more hair charactery work though when he was in his little baldy fat suit though uh, absolutely you he know? did and it's yeah. like did he get all wrapped up in that and it was like this is my oscar shot i gotta take this seriously <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it seemed like it, it, just, was... it was lacking the necessary you know fucking i don't know pizzazz or some shit <laughs> uh you know something a little more bananas or bonkers for this kind of like i'm pretending to be a new zealand mulleted biker sex god yeah you know yeah and when i'm not that guy at all like so i don't think they played with that enough if that element was there i probably would have loved this movie I also... it was just him just kind of like mm. he's like i don't know all the little things are supposed to be jokes about how he thinks tough guys act and stuff like that all he did over and over was just like uh, uh, a lot of groaning which <laughs> yeah. was like what's going on buddy <laughs> Also, I feel like they could have they could have gotten into the whole premise a little bit, a little bit cleaner. Like basically, he, she goes like, "Hey, you're smitten with this girl," and he's like, "Okay, Shelley Long," and she's like, "We have to figure out a way to get her. Why don't you dress up like a crazy uh, New Zealand biker, and we'll do it that way?" And he's just like, "Okay, Shelley Long." Well, he do- he goes for it because he calls Jamie Gertz and gets rejected. Right? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But I mean, he, he, they could have. No, I no, realize. No, I right. realize it's suspended disbelief. This is <laughs> no, a dumb. No, no. This but is like, what we're here to do. They could have so easily just been like, okay, well, how about we wait until you work out and grow some hair back and get your confidence back, and then you'll ask her out again. Yeah. Because in that time frame, like he he gets his confidence back, grows his hair back, and everything like that, and then on top of all that, has to become a wacky biker. Yeah. Like that's why. Like, why didn't when when you're running down the street and teenagers stop their car to scream at you, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, then, then you just kind of go, don't okay, you now feel a little better at yeah, least. You now know? I'm ready to tackle Jamie Kurtz, right? Uh, not, <laughs> yeah, not physically. But well, he looked physically yeah, ready I'm to tackle enough. someone. <laughs> I'm, I'm strong enough. I'm going to go beat up Jamie Kurtz. <laughs> I think that was the whole point of the movie. I wasn't watching closely. So you don't want to see the cowboy junkies, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, the cowboy junkies. Part. That was amazing. <laughs> That's the only part that I laughed at the movie. <laughs> the cowboy junkies. Yeah, relevant still. Pretty great. <laughs> Pretty great. I, I like. I just. I struggle with like really disliking this movie and trying to see it in a new. Light from your perspective of really liking okay. it, I really because, want to go back and watch it now. Like knowing that you love it, I do feel like much. there's elements that make this movie 
have a lot of potential. Like, I like that Shelley Long's character is a romance novel. It, I, I mean, a lot of this movie, like I said, Savage Steve Holland makes me think of better movies. Like, all that stuff, I was like, oh, yeah, I should watch Romancing the Stone again. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, sure. yeah. But I like that she's kind of this, like, romance novelist who, like, purports herself to know what like women like because of yeah. all the stuff that and, she's but writing does, she, does anyone learn anything from that because i mean that's a great setup too to have this illusion of uh the you know the love fantasy and uh physical attractiveness and yeah. the, the unattainable goals they talk about this but i don't think anything ever happens with it right no. like no one learns anything nobody learns like, okay, anything i know that you were a sweaty fat guy that i didn't like and now you're a fake new zealander so yeah, she's kind of a shithead. <laughs> At least you look good now, so I'm down. Yeah, yeah. Like before, when you were like a sincere, but you know, uh, j- just getting over cancer guy, yeah. I was like, later. Now that I know that you're a fucking lying fake New Zealander, well, at least you're hot. So get up in here. Keep the hair. Yeah, that yeah. was a thin premise. Yeah. <laughs> but I like that they were that when she she has her spiel and she's like, you know, but it was you and we uh danced together and it was you and whatever the, yeah. the dancing that they're like, let's go on a motorcycle ride and then yeah. stop in this place to dance for no reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I so do good. I I really enjoy that because they stop with the express purpose of teaching him a very complicated dance. Yeah. But yeah, like they stop and they're like, we have to go here. This is where you have to learn to dance, which is just a big empty room with zero music. Yeah, yeah and a child staring at them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's that was weird. But I think this is movie's right for a charming. remake. I say, yeah. I say, yeah. take the elements that could have like, like there is a movie that where these characters learn. I think the big barrier is just that like so much of what was going on like with nobody learning anything like it sets itself up to be a movie that is sweet and people learn lessons but it just becomes like yeah like you were saying oh, I don't like you because you're fat and gross and now you're like now like the, the transition from like the lessons that needed to be learned just aren't there yeah like at, at all it's it, it's just like shit happens and then they end up together mm. Yeah, ride that Fifty Shades of Grey train. Yeah, <laughs> right to the top. Yeah, totally. From the start, I was like, "Oh, yeah." I was like in my head that she was the person who wrote Fifty Shades of Grey. That was Shelley Long. That's how like, yeah. the perspective that That's I was watching movie. it from. Actually, I read an interview with the woman who wrote the novel and also the screenplay, and she does not like this movie. She was mm. really upset with how Wait, it turned which, out. Wait, which Fifty Shades of Grey or this? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, both probably. I read, yeah. I, I read an interview with the woman who wrote the boyfriend school, and she was like, "I did not like how Fifty Shades of Grey turned into a movie." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she has a lot to say. Well, she because she is, and she's a romance novelist. Like okay. she ended up, uh, she was writing the book at the same time that she was writing the screenplay to like help her just as an exercise. So mm-hmm. It was the first screenplay that she ever wrote, and then. Uh, and then she was shocked when she saw the end product and was mm. just like, I did not do a good job of writing the screenplay, but I was like, arguably, maybe the director didn't do a very yeah. good job yeah. of directing because, everyone. Because, again, I feel like... I wonder what the book's like. I feel like the I book must have those parallels between her being this this crazy romance novelist who's completely out of touch with reality, so she has to create these wacky scenarios for her post-cancerous brother. Uh, like, for, like, I feel like there must have been a lot more subtlety involved in the writing of the book. But if uh, she was writing the mm-hmm. screenplay at the same time, I feel like the book is going to be just as clunky. Yeah. I think that she was trying to say that there was a lot of imagery that she just wasn't able to translate that 
it didn't look at all like yeah. what she wanted to look like. But right. mm. welcome to can, Hollywood. <laughs> a lot can get lost between a script and a and a. Product, oh, for right? sure. Yeah. Uh, have you seen Fifty Shades of Grey? I did. Yeah. I went to see it. What uh, What'd you think? It's a fucking like the worst. Thing. <laughs> did you read the, the book? The worst thing. I I wanted to see what the fuss was about. I read like forty pages, but I was like, "This writing is so bad that I just." It's I really can't. I really want to read the book. Having seen the movie, I'm I really want to read the books. book. Three books? No, three books. <laughs> oh, yeah. then then yeah. I'm out. Yeah, what? Than, yeah. yeah. Oh man, I can't read three books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've never read three books before, and I'm not starting now. Okay. <laughs> There's a you can you can find like like I have a limited goals. time left on this earth. All right. <laughs> no, that's not happening. Go, so like, maybe I'll read it for a laugh, but no, I'm not reading three well, books. Well, you yeah. can find like list articles where they've like put taken like the worst chunks of the book and like listed the worst sentences and, and that's stuff. also and, the movie and, yeah so i think that they tacked on the ending of the third book onto the movie so Tell it's just me. like uh, it is crazy like batshit bananas did you movie. did you like the i loved the ending i was so on board for the ending because it's how i felt about the movie yeah uh, it was just no. like uh, i've had <laughs> enough of this no <laughs> Go home. I'm going home. I don't yeah. like you, Christian Grey. I felt like I was the one who was being whipped that entire oh, absolutely. time. Absolutely. I did not care for it. <laughs> no, I learned a lot about the, myself. Not the good whip and the bad whip. <laughs> no amount of cars that he buys me if will ever. Don't tell her it's me had ended like Fifty Shades of Grey. What would your impression of the movie? Have been? I wouldn't have liked it as much. No, no, <laughs> because is like, I would have loved if Jamie. Uh, no, Gertz, yeah, if Jamie Gertz at the end of the movie would, like slapped him and was like, "Don't fucking manipulate me," like yeah. pretending you to be and someone your crazy else. sister. Get the fuck out of my life. Look, I, I'm not saying that that's not the logical end to this movie, <laughs> but I'm saying for the movie that this is, yeah. and again with that sort of warm nostalgia of like of later 80s uh, uh, romantic comedies, I would have been like, no, that's not supposed to happen. Yeah. You're supposed to come running back from the airport and, and <laughs> tell him you love him no matter what retarded shit he just did. <laughs> yeah, I would have been so disappointed. I honestly would have yeah. been heartbroken. Yeah. <laughs> I would have loved to see a romantic comedy like that, though, like light and crazy and stuff like that, and then like hard truth ending. Yeah. yeah. But I, I don't want to see a, a Nightmare on Elm Street where the, main, where the kids sit down with Freddy and tell him why he's killing them is hurting everybody. Well, I like I like what Greg's saying. I like it. There's a movie, The Last American Virgin. Have you guys ever seen that? No. no. It's like I've a, never can, seen it's that. a Golan Globus canon movie, and it's like it's kind of a sex comedy, like teenage, like kids getting into trouble stuff. There's some like dark moments, but at the the end of the movie is just like like crushing. Like he doesn't get the girl. She's with the asshole. Like he's driving away, like drunk, just crying. <laughs> like, like, yeah, like, that's really that, fucking, see now that really sounds fucking awesome. Ending. And it works. You're like, holy shit! Like, yeah, man. <laughs> when when was that made? Uh, in the early '80s. No shit. Yeah. Eh? Last American Virgin. Yeah, it's really good. Great soundtrack that. too. Huh? Great soundtrack too. Yeah, fucking yeah. A. I'll watch that. Um, I so I don't want. I be, I know the ending now. So I'll yeah. <laughs> skip it. I I don't want to be like, how did this get made? But I made note of one of the IMDb user reviews. Okay. Uh -huh. Um. That I have to read. Yes, please. Uh, titled one of the most enjoyable romantic comedies I've seen in the nineties. Ten out of ten. <laughs> Rarely have ten I seen ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. <laughs> nothing. Nothing wrong with this movie at uh, all. I wrote this review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Um, rarely, ha rarely I have seen a movie in which I enjoyed every minute so much. I watched the movie synchronized in German language, which I do not speak. 
<laughs> 10 out of 10. But it did not make any difference. In fact, I was even more concentrating on acting, which was excellent. Excellent. <laughs> 10 out of 10 from everyone. <laughs> I liked the humor, which, like everything else, is so simple and therefore perfect. I did find it exceedingly German, though. <laughs> Although I could not understand the words that were said, it is the atmosphere oh, that no. kept me attached to the screen from the first minute. <laughs> wow. And it goes on. But I just love that somebody so, watched this movie, not in English. No. That's Have so they seen weird. it before? Or is this the know. only viewing? I think this was the only viewing. Amazing. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Why bother writing a review? You know what? Yeah. The story was so transcendent, I got I guess it so. all in the look. Yeah, but you don't know that before you watch it in German. So why preemptively go, I'm doing this shit in German? <laughs> I'm going to watch this. I'm going to get a German copy of this thing because I don't want to be distracted by all the words the characters are saying. How could you? Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. I'm going to watch listen, everything in film German. Film is a now. visual medium. Okay? Right, yes. right. <laughs> I've, like, I've watched chunks of things in the wrong language when you like, you know, flip through channels and you land on uh, like the French channel. Yeah, uh, whatever, and you watch a little bit. Like, I don't know what's going on, or yeah, you know, but there's nudity. So. Or like I've seen a lot of uh, Greek television. My wife is Greek. I go to her parents' place, and there's a lot of stuff on there, and I try and figure out what's going on. But I, I couldn't watch an entire movie, yeah, in a different language and love it. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> did. Maybe I could. I don't know. I was like, well, it's no, I totally this. did that. I watched that Bollywood movie for um... because you had to for the show. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm not saying that I that I, but I don't think I would have turned it off. It was such an entertaining movie, and yeah. I was like. I e- either I know exactly what's going on, or I'm making up a great movie uh-huh. in my head. Fair but enough. it was that it is was, what I do with pretty the good. Greek television shows I watch, yeah. like the soap operas. I try and figure out what's going on. Yeah, most of it involves robots, <laughs> <laughs> off-screen robots. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, this guy's obviously a Greek robot. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you had a lot. Do you have any more notes? Did you write things down that you needed to get to about don't don't tell her it's me? Uh, I feel like I got most of it out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You're good. You I feel, feel like I've like satisfied? accurately expressed my feelings about this movie, yeah. so like I feel good. Mm-hmm. Tie right. a bow on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Put a bow on this I masterpiece. Think <laughs> if there's one out. thing about this movie, it's that. It only could have been made in the 90s. Like, this is a very, like, yeah. 1990. <laughs> like, I don't think this could have been made in 89 or 91. I think, I think this is a very this in 89. Boom. I don't know. The way well, it felt. I think it felt. I actually kind of think it felt very 89, yeah. like 88, 89. Yeah. This isn't into the 90s yet, I don't think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you've come around. I kind, I kind of have, but like, I, I didn't hate watching it. Like when I was watching it, I, I didn't hate it. And now, because I just watched it this morning, now, yeah. now thinking back on it, 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 it does have that warm nostalgia of a movie that I would have watched on movie night with my parents because I was never allowed to pick the movie. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is like it's overwhelmingly it's it's lighthearted and it's. A, and it's also kind-hearted, and that's what. And I think like it's it's the winner. Everything's shitty. I'm so fucking done with cynicism that this movie felt great. Yeah, yeah. maybe I, that's I, what it is. I want it. I want to agree, but I just feel like the the lessons aren't there. All the lessons in the movie, I feel like, are bad. Absolutely, like, yeah. and the people are terrible. Yeah, like I. But, that's why I'm struggling with it because I like that well. it's trying to be kind-hearted. But Th- that's it's the thing. Not. Like it, it, at its core, it's about a, a sister who really wants her brother to get better, yeah. like in every way after having yeah. dealt with something fucking horrible. But it's couched in this really, really weird, unnecessary 
but i see i see the end as it's not like uh one of them ran from a wedding to profess their love to the other one you know it's just like hey i'm going away for the weekend to a wedding you can come with me we can hang out as ourselves and get to know each other it right. was not a these guys are together for the rest of their lives right so you can look at it like that and it's like yeah. big deal did True. he have to learn anything maybe not no nah. yeah all you right. know, he, he faked it till Actually, he, till yeah. he faked it <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Actually, when you put it that well, way, you know what? Well, I am going to watch this movie again. Yeah, I'm, that's I all know. I wanted to accomplish. You here tell today. me. You watch it again, then tell me if I should watch it again. All right. <laughs> we'll do this as a chain. All right. I, I will not be watching it again for at least two years. So <laughs> this will be a. Meanwhile, I will go watch Ski Patrol tonight. <laughs> yeah. Well, the uh, the New York Times review of this movie when it came out was titled "Shy Man Becomes Mad Max Wins Girl." <laughs> Someone else yeah. agrees with the Mel yeah. Gibson thing. Yeah, yeah. That's what my wife said too. She's like, she's doing a Mel, he's doing a Mel Gibson thing. I'm like, totally yeah, the hair cool. too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the hair, big time. It's very uh, beyond Thunderdome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> it's a good thing he didn't become recent Mel Gibson <laughs> to win the girl. <laughs> well, was, you know what you got to make over. You know what you got to do. The beard, the sexism, the racism. Yeah. Oh you, boy, you got to become a terrible <laughs> racist tell piece her of it's shit. Because I'm a bigot. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell her it's me, because she'll never date me. <laughs> I'm a terrible, terrible man. It's Jewish. Oh, oh dear. Uh, uh, color well, sugar what, what, they didn't learn anything. What did we learn? <sighs> um. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this is a hard one to pick. Yeah. What thing I learned from? I don't know what? the extent of prosthetics in yep. 1990. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. That little bald cap with yeah. tiny hairs on it. Yep. I learned don't eat. Uh, screws that have been soaking in oil. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. good. And I learned good. why. Yeah. From we learned a lot from Shelley Long's character yeah. in yeah. this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I learned don't get cancer. No one will love you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Unless yeah. you change yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I guess I learned that uh, it doesn't matter who you pretend to be. Uh-huh. Uh, if you like a girl, be a psycho for a while. Yes. And then she'll like you anyway yeah. when she finds out you're not from New Zealand. <laughs> yep, that's what I learned. That's uh, pretty yep. good. Were they flying to New Zealand by any chance at the end? No, they were flying to like uh, Illinois or something yeah, like that. They're always flying to Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> they were flying to a John Hughes movie. Yeah. <laughs> good Lord. Well. Woo. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I don't even yeah, know. we gotta let that. Don't tell her. Just let, yeah. let that breathe let for that a bit. Let that breathe for a second. I don't even like. I uh, I guess I'll watch the last twenty minutes, but <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> if only to <laughs> see Shelley Long with those huge. I guess there, there's actually one. How big are they? They're huge. They're, they're giant. Amazing. They're comical. They're the yeah. Okay. Movie um, binoculars. Fair enough. There's also there's a great little moment of extra acting at, at the very end when they're in line. Um, when they're in line for like the the for the tickets, like for the the air, like to get on the airplane, I can't talk words. Um, <laughs> the air air tickets. Tickets. Yeah, yeah. You know, they got the air tickets. They're gonna go on a big flying thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and so like they decide to 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 go off together, and everyone's all happy. And then the guy in like so they get out of line, and the guy behind them, he like he's like, "This is my fucking moment to shine," because he looks at him, kind of smiles, and shakes his head. He's like, "You know what? <laughs> he's crazy I have no love. context for what these people are doing, <laughs> but I think they're gonna be okay." <laughs> <laughs> he's just some great extra acting. Uh, very nice. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. 
Well, yeah, yeah. 1990, uh, last episode we did a debut album for a band, so we'll do, we're doing that again. Yeah, uh, Jawbreaker, uh, 1990 debut, uh, unfun. Yeah, American punk rock band active from 1986 to 1996. That's right. Considered one of the most influential acts of the early 1990s emo movement. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I had never heard this album. Before. Neither yeah, had I. I kind of pushed this on the episode. And yeah. actually, uh, on the announcement episode, I had said that uh, that friend of the show, Mike Turner, had um, had played me some of their stuff before. But I'm sure I've never heard this. Well, okay, I'm sure I've never heard this band right. before. I've heard this sound before. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, had you, uh, Aaliyah, Had you heard this? Are you um, familiar with them or this album? Yeah, I've I have a really I have a really strange association. With Jawbreaker through the Dear You album, if you'll indulge me in an anecdote for a second. Oh, please. When I was 18, I dated a very emotional punk (laughs) who introduced me to these guys, and then we broke up, and he took a t-shirt of mine and tied it to a rock and threw it into the river. So (laughs) whenever I think uh, of Jawbreaker, I think of my t-shirt at the bottom of a river, and I kind of said, fuck these guys after after Dear You, and I hadn't heard anything else of theirs until now. Was it a Jawbreaker t-shirt? Yeah, I was going to ask. No, it was just a t-shirt. Just like a regular t-shirt. He took one of my t-shirts. Did you break up with him, or did he break up with you? I broke up with him. Okay. (laughs) Good. Well, how, did you watch him throw it in the river? Or did no, he just I tell heard. You? I heard about it after the fact. I, I like, bet. Fuck, man, I really like that shirt. I, I, I guarantee. No offense to your ex-love. Uh, I guarantee. <laughs> I guarantee somebody was watching him throw that thing in I the really river because so. you don't do that without. Everybody, look at how emo I'm being right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's at the bottom of the ocean, like my heart. <laughs> well, wow. dear, dear you is their final album and yeah. sounds completely different. Yeah, though. a lot of flack yeah, for how yeah. clean it was. Yeah, because they they produced. were a fiercely DIY band. Yeah, talked a lot of shop about never ever jumping to a major label. Yeah, and yeah. then jumped to DGC. Well, listen, sure, no one can resist it. It yeah. always happens. Yeah. All the man. Look at Chumbawamba. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look and at the pinnacle the, of artistic and, integrity and that and is Chumbawamba. And label like around the time in the 90s that like people really like to talk about people being sellouts. Oh, God. So like at yeah. Jawbreaker shows, people, if they were playing anything off of Dear You, would sit down cross-legged and face away the band from the band. Ooh, really? that'll teach them. So yeah. Rude. Yeah. <laughs> like, like fuck on. you guys, we're going to look this way for a minute. <laughs> or oh, three and a half. Yeah. Why would I choose to be the good songs? Yeah. yeah. Now good. I so I picked this album. I'm a big Jawbreaker fan. Mm. Um, I picked this album because I was thinking about it a lot after we talked about Super Chunk and kind of the debut album thing. When you hear a band's first album and then can hear where they went from there. Yeah. Because much like this first Super Chunk album. I didn't like this album until I became a fan of the band and circled back. Okay. And was like, okay. What album did made you a fan? Where did you jump um, Probably the Steve Alb- the one they did with Steve Albini, um, 24-Hour Revenge Therapy. Okay. Although their 92 album, Bivouac, is probably now my favorite. Okay. Yeah. But this is one of those times where I'm like worried because I feel like this is a, a very much an album that I like and I'm like how are people going to react to it yeah <laughs> yeah you're uh, right to be worried I hated this album. <laughs> <laughs> um I didn't hate this album okay because they, yeah okay. I, I really I was a little 
okay. When I first heard it, I was like, oh, this is a lot of things I don't like. Yeah. But I am going to give them. I I I settled down my opinions. And yeah. I'm, like, I'm going to give them the benefit of being the first people to do this. Yeah. Yeah. This they did birth a sound, and this is 1990, and yeah. this sound didn't really take off with a bunch of other wannabe sounding bands yeah. until like 97 or right. something. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I wh- I had a brief. Uh, enjoyment of the first Suicide Machines album, which I kind of feel like borrows from this as well. Really? Yeah. I've never thought of Suicide Machines when thinking no. of Jawbreaker. No, that well, they're they're this kind of punk is okay. the kind of punk that Suicide Machines played. The, g- the their, gave way their to <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's like there's a lot of people who yeah. owe their sound to. Yeah. This band, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they do. All the albums have this sort of vibe. Is this no? I would actually writing? say this album is a different beast than the rest of the. Okay, because I've they, heard a hundred bands that sound exactly like this. Yeah. On the other albums, does the drummer play to a click? Because he really would. He really needs to. <laughs> oh, I disagree. I love the drummer. I think he's fucking great. I read some reviews <laughs> yeah. that were high accolades for this. Drummer. Yeah. Uh, I I uh, I found it really inconsistent. Like, uh, if a band can play without a click, then fucking awesome, do it up. I don't think that this band can though. I don't know. They made Dave Grohl play with a click, so you know. I, it's, it's well, fine. Dave Dave Grohl chooses to play with a click. Oh uh, yeah. Because that because a lot of drummers are like you play with a click. That's what you do when you're recording. He which I agree. Until uh, when they did, I think it was Nevermind. He went in and they made him play to a click, and he was like. Yeah. yeah, but now always does. Yeah. Like to me, giving this album to you guys, I knew that it like straddles this line between things that I knew that you wouldn't like, and then yeah. things that I would hope in it that you heard. Because yeah. there's a lot of songs that like start kind of like couple chordy, like power chordy, thrashy, and then the thing that I like that they do here that they do more later is they take a lot of turns with their songs. They do a lot of like instrumental passages yeah. and things that kind of are unexpected from like the song um I think Busy like starts you think like oh okay they're going to be done in a minute and yeah. then it's the next song but then it kind of goes into some p- weird places and they 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 do that a lot. Yeah. There were a couple of progressions on this album that I'm like, okay, this is actually genuinely a really cool place to go, but it, it's a couple of bars of something really cool and then it just turns back into to like just that pop punk. I don't like this guy's voice either. He's got and that kind of like um I feel like there's a lot of bands now, a lot of the kind of whatever pop punk turned into these days. Yeah. I feel like I, there's a lot of yeah. uh, of his voice there's in what's not going a lot on of today. Pop punk on this album. Uh, it, I think okay, maybe pop punk is the wrong because it's it's not like Blink One Eighty Two, but I think I tend to to paint this type of music with a fairly broad brush yeah. in terms of the way it's like. Oh, I hate my dad. Uh, were you pretending to be a New Zealander there? Uh, <laughs> I was pretending to be Mel Gibson. Is that, was, did that not come through? Uh, yeah, like that that kind of like ve- but these, very but ill nuanced. are known to not really, like there's not really much on this album that is like I Hate My Dad. Well, They're known uh, for like act, not being that kind of music. I don't necessarily mean that that sentiment specifically, but that sort of like hazy anti-establishment like he's even like anti that on this album in the song where he's talking about like sorry we're not loud sorry we're not like angry enough or yeah or we're not hardcore to enough to piss your parents yeah, off yeah, yeah, yeah. like sentiment uh, but but i feel like the delivery of this whole album is in stark contrast to that lyric i don't think it is i totally feel like it is like it's 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 that this kind of heavy-handed songwriting that 
I can I'll give you heavy handed with the like instrumental passages where they use clips and stuff, and that's something that the band does a lot. Yeah, I don't, oh, like, I don't, I don't like that. Yeah, but yeah, I uh, I was trying really hard not to be influenced by what came because of this yeah. band. I think that's a big problem it's with people. Super duper hard. Yeah, I don't stuff. think I could. Maybe maybe I didn't try hard enough to not do that, but I don't think I could because it just sounds like everything that that I don't like calling itself punk. Yeah. Well. Ah. Because there were there were things I liked on it here and there, and I I don't mind his voice; it's fine. There is that. Uh, it's mm. he his voice changes a lot through their albums because he's sang like this for so long he had to get throat surgery. Oh, fine. <laughs> wow, really? <laughs> <laughs> um, and they I, I read some interesting stuff too. Is they when they toured this album, they had that fuck ninety tour, yeah, and like which only lasted two months, but they broke up right the after. It. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I hate this. <laughs> this is the fucking worst. Yeah. Um, and then they, I guess, broke up for good in 96. So I yeah. think there was a lot of internal before their, turmoil with the band. Yeah. And then before they put out um, Dear You, they put out 24-Hour Revenge Therapy. And that's what got them, like, major label influence. And at that time, they were touring with, like, Nirvana. And they played right. with Mudhoney and, right. like, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah. I, I just, I feel like this album is sort of, like... I don't know. I feel like it's such a hybrid that I can't listen to it and think of like the people that it influenced. I feel like mm. they're to me Jawbreaker is Jawbreaker, but yeah. uh, but I guess I can understand hearing it and being like, well, I know what came after this. Sure, like so, <laughs> well, so many there, there's a lot of great bands that influenced you know yeah. a million piles of shit. You know? <laughs> uh, like well, Faith, Nirvana being one Nirvana, of them. Faith No More, like yeah. a lot of stuff that followed or the you yeah. know cite that Faith No More is an influence are just the worst bands ever. Yeah. The but they worst. don't sound but they don't sound exactly like Faith No this More because true. you can't sound like Faith No More. Yeah. No matter how much you're trying to sound like Faith No More, you can't. You can sound like Nirvana, but that's a whole different thing. <laughs> uh, and I feel like this this sound is so easy to capture. Like I feel like it's not personal enough. Maybe that's my my oh, problem with it. Like I feel like this so this type of thing is so cookie cutter. It's not. It's though. so I, easy like, to write songs like Blake this. Blake became such like a cult hero for not being like that. Like his lyrics are like nothing that like people in this genre and the people that were influenced by this band could could do. But again, it's not necessarily it's not necessarily lyrically. It's it's the overall tone of, of songs like this. It's not it's just not that hard to write something like mm-hmm. this. Like this is sort of like a baseline for writing aggressive music. That's what it seems that's what it feels like to me. Okay. Interesting. And and <laughs> and, and, and yeah, to, to just stop at that baseline of creating this kind of thing just seems lazy. I do like for me this album it's it, they're not there yet on this album. Right. And opinion, and maybe uh, like because like you mentioned, you know, they do a lot more like kind of instrumentally things and like I assume a lot more kind of like cool soundscapey stuff. Not not so much soundscapey. They do like eventually circle back to kind of like the poppy stuff and they always have that mix, but right. yeah. Like, on their next album, it got a lot bleaker and longer, and yeah. Uh, like, I'll definitely check them out uh, if we do another album and, mm-hmm. and, and kind of have more of an open mind. But again, I, I just hear this, and my mind just goes, oh, this is just some kids fucking I, around that, with some see, guitars. See, my worry when I was listening to it today for, like, the I've been listening to this a lot, like Greg was listening to a lot of Super Chunk. Yeah. <laughs> I've been listening to this a lot since we decided to pick it. And I was thinking, like, this is going to be so easy to write off. Yeah. And it, 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 it really when I is. first heard it, sure. and yeah. then I came around back on it, and then I guess my experience with the band is painting their debut. Yeah. But I was like, it's and I think the structure of the album, I think it starts in a certain kind of tone and then gets to some places, and it's a little long and samey at times. Mm-hmm. But there, I feel like it gets to places, and I feel like it, 
it's easy to write off otherwise yeah. though i almost did too i I, get, I read a couple articles and everyone kept on citing how intelligent blake is mm-hmm. and how that bleeds into the lyrics and it was a different kind of context so yeah i still haven't really dove into the lyrics but i, I was trying to pick out a little bit more but i'm curious to see what the other albums sound like yeah. i guess because again i mean i'm really poisoned by <laughs> truly hating the stuff that came in the wake of this yeah but i didn't hate this again it being the first of its kind it it, it lacks the uh the annoying sort of uh i don't know the cliches of this yeah. genre yeah yeah it doesn't have those things that i hate about it like it I'd, rather other li- things I'd rather that I hate listen about to this it. than rancid you know what i mean like absolutely you would never compare these guys to rancid i, know. I just, <laughs> just i lump it so in with better. like there was so much of this like fake punk shit sorry people who like rancid i'm i apologize but <laughs> i hate this, rancid that that, that stream <laughs> do, of shit that like really blew up when you got like green day and rancid getting really big and then it's just like everybody just has a punk band that plays pop songs, mm-hmm. and I think at all you can stem it to here a little bit. You know, I know Rancid had their obviously their uh, beginnings in uh, Operation Ivy and stuff like that, but like how this sort of like sing along y sort of you know chant driven punk rock that Rancid really dipped their toes into and really popularized in the end of the nineties. I think this is a, you have to look at this as kind of a, a key figure in yeah. allowing that. I would fully to be agree a thing. with that. I hear a lot of Descendants influence in oh, yeah. these well, guys. The like Descendants, the bass that's another band, great band. The bass lines are created, like yeah. they created a terrible thing. I agree with the bass album. Yeah. I feel like that like one of the like things that this album is kind of dipping its toes into is like the SST sound, record sound mm-hmm. yeah, 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 with yeah. like a more like poppy and then a more dark and yeah. yeah. Because I feel like it doesn't get too poppy. At no, no point it does really. it get poppy. It's like again, it's the poppiest song is "Want" the first song. That's yeah. the yeah. poppiest yeah. song. Yeah, yeah. But like, I like there is stuff and that's oddly, fairly dirgy on here, like "Imaginary War." That's a good song. Yeah, uh, and that's where I think maybe circled back because it's like I'm in the middle of the album or like yeah. track five. It takes or something. a while to get to the places that I was like to hear the things that I was like, these guys might like this stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's like because it was aggressive, but it still wanted to have a hook, but wasn't gonna, you know. Yeah spoon feed you which i was like i uh, so i am curious to hear yeah. beyond this i okay. feel like as we were recording a little earlier than usual with yeah, the, yeah so i only time. had you know about a week with this album and i yeah. think i should have had more because mm-hmm. i have such a bias against yeah. this sound maybe i should have too but at the same time i'm glad i didn't because i wouldn't <laughs> i i wouldn't want to listen to this m- more <laughs> <Another> week. <laughs> Yeah, like you fucker. But but like like here. But again, like it's what I, it's my, um, you know, preconceptions of what punk punk, like punk music is. And the more and more music like this comes up, and and I'm forced to listen to it, the more and more I'm like, I don't know that I'm. You know, if this is sort of a large component of what punk is these days, and 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 as it goes on, as as sort of time goes on, and and punk becomes like an older and older tradition in music the more i go i don't think i'm really that big of a punk fan i just like a lot of the shit that came at the beginning mm-hmm. and then i i don't like what it ter- turned into but the fact that i refuse to call it punk that's just my own shit i mean <laughs> nobody else is fucking following those guidelines and good on them i mean mm-hmm. fucking do your own thing but yeah like to me it's just uh, it's just it's just obvious yeah mm. I ended up listening to this album a lot, and then I listened to the other three, three other ones. Mm-hmm. After yeah. this is Bivouac, and then the 24, 24 Hour Revenge Therapy, and then Dear, Dear, Dear you. you. Yeah, so I ended up listening to all of them probably a few times this week, and I'm like, I'm into it, but probably because it reminds me a lot of stuff that I liked 
before that came before that but i'm like a sucker for skate punk i listen to a lot of it like (laughs) this and this like and then i like started going down this rabbit hole where like the whole week i've been listening to like leatherface and new bomb turks and being like yes (laughs) i'm just revisiting everything now and like the loved ones even so it's been a good week been a poppy week fun week (laughs) did you go ahead well i was just gonna say did you have you been able to like disassociate this with the with the rock shirt? Yeah, I was just gonna ask or, that exact question. Or, <laughs> like if like yeah, I don't know. It's the stuff that gets a little too like I've never really been a fan of emo, so it's the stuff that's like like that sounds like that. I'm not into it at all. But it's like so seventy five percent of this album I was totally feeling, but mm-hmm. yeah. the rest of it is just a little too like whiny, I guess is yeah. what I want to say. And yeah, the, and this this is like the the like coming out of the emo core time. So it's not like emo like people think like my chemical romance or whatever. It's it is a little bit more like the aggressive emo stuff but you hear it like in his voice they're doing the very like emotionally rot like stuff at yeah. times on this album like yeah, it yeah. almost reminds me of like today's empire's tomorrow's ashes because it has that blend of like both of those like the heavier yeah. stuff and the more poppy stuff mm-hmm. and like kind of pulling it together but yeah. i mean it's not as good as today's empire's tomorrow's yeah, well, ashes <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what would you like dan what would you say because this is considered an emo emo core or emo punk album and all that I, I feel like the ground the grounds for that coming sound but is because uh, then a lot of people will say it's right to spring was sort of the beginning of that yeah. or like, fugazi gets labeled yeah. with it too yeah that makes me uncomfortable well it's just because of what emo <laughs> became as well yeah. like what we you know what was like dashboard confessional and oh, stuff like yeah, that yeah. that was most people's first what they would exposure to the word yeah. And like, well, this is so the worst. What was like, <laughs> what was like the beginning? Yeah, what or? do you think? Is, well, because like, you're more well versed in this than I am. Like, if you think about it, like everybody always talks about music in waves or whatever, right? Sure. So, like the like wave of emo, emotional hardcore yeah. with like the like screamy stuff and rights of Str- spring and all that stuff. That like like Fugazi gets lumped in with them, and I get why. But I all, I feel like while they had huge influence on like the the genre, I don't think I would ever consider them specifically. <laughs> Emo. Yeah, I felt like the lyric content of Fugazi wasn't not gelling with what no, emo was supposed to be. But the sound, yeah. the for sound, sure, at that yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. And then, like... Well, it's like people wanted to sound like Fugazi, but didn't know anything about politics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like the transition... This is this album is so key in the transition between the emotional, hardcore, emo-core stuff and, like, what would come in the next wave, which was a little bit poppier. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you get the grungy stuff like Sunny Day Real Estate. Like, right, like right. there's so many different, like, waves of what quote-unquote emo is that, like, the waters get muddy. Well, yeah. for sure. And then eventually it just became, like, power-pop-influenced three-chord pop-punk stuff yeah. with, like, where the Promise Ring came in and, like, Get Up Kids and all that stuff. And then right. from there into the 2000s, it's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. I don't even I like know what it is up, anymore. Now what, I think it's bands, just a haircut. Like every every wave had the bands that were influenced by that wave. So like the yeah. bands that were influenced by like the Promise Ring and and Sunny Day Real Estate and stuff. Like into the 2000s, I was like, okay, I'm totally done with this. But I love that. <laughs> but I love yeah. that era. So sure. I love Sunny Day Real Estate. Yeah, great band. But. Huh. I don't know. Yeah, the bands are like, hey, this guy's super smart. He's singing about these things. I'm going to do that too, but I'm not smart. Yeah. But I'm just going to try anyway. Yeah. And then it just degenerates from there. Yeah. No, yeah. And, I, and I, yeah, I can, I was like, man, how is this conversation going to go? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I think this album's a bit long and I think it gets pretty samey and there's some stuff where it kind of 
trails around but yeah. i think where they get to at times i love yeah yeah and you have to give them credit for really you know starting yeah. up this sound that a million bands are going to yeah. try and follow what when, when what year was their next album the one after this 92 92 yeah. okay well let's do that on on time <laughs> bandits when yeah. we get to 92 let's do it because yeah. i won't well, that was I, I just i won't make it. myself listen to it yeah. otherwise <laughs> that's one of the reasons why i picked this was because i was like much like super chunk when we start going through the years these guys have a progression that i think mm-hmm. we should be tracking yeah, yeah. right yeah right and I say that as, as yeah, I as do you an arm motion. Up and onward. All right. Yep. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's go back to uh, the future so Dan can throw Casey's shirt in the river. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tie your mastodon hat to a rock and throw it in the river. <laughs> Look, that hat desperately needs a good washing. So <laughs> you're maybe doing, you're doing everyone a favor here. Okay. Let's put on the jacket and get in the box. Oh, get this jacket off me. <laughs> I'm going to wear it home. It's cold out. <laughs> I don't know why that sentence struck me so funny. <laughs> Put on the jacket and get in the box. You know what comes next. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Well, that was a nice time. Aaliyah yeah. Miller, thank you for joining us again. Thank you, guys. For yeah. Thank you for having me. an awesome podcast. Two awesome podcasts. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Do you have anything else you'd like to plug? Super Zero, the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We're doing we're doing that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are, are yeah, fucking pumping out the, the content. Yeah. I'm, I'm, awesome. I'm, as I leave here, I'll probably listen to the new episode, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Nice. Which you guys both like? Is that what I'm... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's the, the, really new, like the newest yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, we're not <laughs> talking about that on this no, episode. No. We'll just leave it the there. Home, so it's yeah. good. I, very it's a really good episode. Yeah. Yeah. I'm completely influenced by uh, Matt Brown's uh, excitement for things. <laughs> I'm just like, that's great. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, how Super quick, how has your time with superhero movies changed since the in creation of this podcast? I'm watching a lot more than I ever yeah. thought. I, would. <laughs> I, I honestly like it's weird that I'm actually learning stuff. Like I was like, oh, it's gonna be like a joke, whatever. But yeah. I'm actually now I'm watching the movies, being like, oh, okay, I get that, I get that. I can put these together, and like the whole universe is starting to make sense. And uh-huh. I was like, holy shit, it's actually doing something. <laughs> it's amazing. Nice, very good. Uh, yeah. Where where can all of your stuff be found on the interwebs? Uh, Super Zero is available. Modern Superior. Oh, those guys are mm-hmm. right. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what she's having is on the rewatchability.com. Just rewatchability.com, not the rewatchability.com. Mm-hmm. And everything is also available on iTunes. Oh, yeah. on the internet's that convenient. Very good. Dan Gorman. Uh, Greg. How are you? Good. How are you? Oh, good, buddy. Yeah, good podcast, right. man. <laughs> uh, you can find all of our stuff on modernspirit.com as well, and you uh-huh. can go to twitter.com slash timebanditspod if you'd like to follow us there, or you can go to facebook.com slash timebanditspodcast. Oh. The end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess babies. Babies? Let's just go, Babies. <laughs> What year is it? This is the 90s. 90s. <laughs> <laughs>
been a presentation of the Modern Superior Media Network. 